0: Welcome to Mrs. Flick's Picks, where busy moms can find the best books for their kids. Join me in my mission to cultivate children's moral imagination through good stories, beautifully written. Hello, and welcome back to Mrs. Flick's Picks. I'm Carrie Flick, and I am thrilled to have you back with me today. Before I get to this week's picks, I'd like to talk about morality and the nature of children, or humans in general, for that matter. One of Charlotte Mason's key principles is that children are born persons. Now, I know that simple statement is actually quite a lot to unpack, but I'd like to contrast it for now with what children are not. Children are not born computers that will simply perform function A when you press button D. Children are not born machines that are designed for one exclusive purpose, like a hairdryer or a washing machine is. Children are not blank slates on which their parents may write all of the information and rules they wish their child to know and obey. Children are born persons. They are born with personalities all of their own They are born with unique, God-given talents and interests, and each one is born a sinner, desperately in need of God's grace and forgiveness. Which brings me to morality. Morality, in itself, has no power to save. Like Christian at the foot of Mount Sinai, we will be crushed to pieces if we look for our salvation there, in God's law. Stories that are simply moral in nature will leave our children either entirely hopeless of ever being quote-unquote good enough or, like the rich young ruler, dangerously confident in their ability to follow all the rules. Our children can't find hope in moral behavior. They must have a heart change from love of a Savior. The stories we choose for them should of course be moral, but they need to have a gospel picture too, a sinner in need of redemption, a failure of their own efforts on some level, and a recipient of unmerited grace and favor. Good stories aren't just good for their moral truth. They are good because of their deft use of language, their power of imagery and color, their scope and timelessness. They are good because they are beautiful. So yes, there should be a moral to the story, but the story should be much bigger than the moral. God hasn't given us good rules. He gave us a good savior. Choose stories that will point your kids beyond the law to the lawgiver. Help them to hear echoes of our Savior's voice in every good book. My first pick for you is Library Lion, written by Michelle Knudsen and illustrated by Kevin Hawkes. One day, a lion mysteriously appears at the local library and settles down in the children's corner for story time. This situation is rather distressing to a particular staff member named Mr. McBee, but the head librarian determines that the lion is welcome to stay, provided that he follow all of the library rules, namely no running and no roaring. Over time, the lion makes himself very useful around the library and endears himself to all who know him, with the exception, of course, of Mr. McBee. So when the lion happens to break the rules one day, Mr. McBee is thrilled at the chance to expel him. The lion, for his part, accepts his consequences without a roar of protest. Only when Mr. McBee sees the far-reaching loneliness the lion's banishment has caused does he realize his hardness of heart and determines to set things right. This story features a rule breaker and a rule keeper, but I'll let you decide which character stands in more need of grace. Next up, we have the classic book, Pinocchio, by Carlo Collodi. Now, I must stress to you that this is not the Walt Disney version of Pinocchio, and you need to be careful if you buy this that you get the original story unabridged. I could not think of a better book to recommend as a picture of rule following versus heart change. From the moment of Pinocchio's creation, he is a wicked, mischievous little wooden puppet with absolutely no regard or affection for his maker, Geppetto. Pinocchio is solely interested in his own pleasure and comfort, and this is a theme that is repeated again and again throughout the book. He eventually does get to a point where he sees the benefit of having a father. And further into his adventures, he understands the positive consequences of being good. He tries over and over again to obey the rules and be a good boy. But it isn't until he goes through a great deal of suffering and heartbreak does he finally have a heart change and sacrifices himself to save the one who made him. He finally finds his life when he loses it. I will warn you that this story is, frankly, weird in many places. It is a fairy tale. But my kids weren't put off in the least by the weirdness. And they found Pinocchio's various escapades to be simply hilarious. So embrace the weirdness and give this one a try. As a read aloud, it's suitable for ages six and up. And I'll just let the weirdness continue with my next pick of The Night Gardener by Jonathan Augsier. This novel is super creepy and was probably a very foolish choice when I was up in the middle of the night feeding a newborn. But for your preteens and teens who love to be scared, this should do the trick. It features a young Irish immigrant named Molly and her brother Kip who are desperately seeking work and a new home. Molly depends on her uncanny ability to tell stories and lies in order to manipulate others into providing what she needs. But when Molly and Kip manage to find a living at a decaying English estate, she discovers that she's not the only one there living a lie. And the one being told by the other occupants of the house hides something so sinister and evil, Molly discovers her own deceptions and cleverness cannot save her at this time. This is ultimately a cautionary tale of the terrifying repercussions of sin and its ripple effects on others, but it also gives a wonderful picture of repentance and the freedom found in confession. I'd recommend it for ages 12 and up. And that wraps up this week's picks. I'm looking forward to next time, and until then, happy reading!